Hey everybody, welcome to Between Two Servers, the show where we talk about multiplayer game development and netcode. Here today is Nicola Goretti, founder and CEO of Superbit Machine, creators of ArmorJet. Welcome to the show, Nicola. Happy to be here, Glenn. Cool. So tell me, how did you get started in games, Nicola? Oof, okay. Uh, late 90s. <laughs> like many folks started getting, uh, you know, flat internet. You didn't have to pay whatever, a couple bucks per minute, you know. Then uh, got my computer in the 90s and, uh, you know, really started getting into shooters. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, my first, uh, my first big game I played online, I think it was Quake. Some version of Quake, maybe Quake 2, maybe Quake, Quake World. And then Q really one test or go home. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, yeah, when you could do it on a 28.8 or whatever we had yep. at the time. Uh, Quake 3 was really my jam at one point, late nine, probably 1999, something like that. And really got into, into the scene. You know, this, I was living in Italy. You know, I was born yeah. and raised in Italy for, for 20 years before moving now to Los Angeles. Um, and at the time, just like many folks my age at the time, well, I guess it was 15, 16, uh, you know, just had a lot of fun doing it, discovering communities online, and I got pretty good at it, you know, uh, started getting to, you know, bring in my big heavy CRT to land tournaments nearby, feeling that energy uh, of competition and swearing, but in person. Back when the, uh, back when the Sony Trinitron was like... Oh, I did have a Trinitron. Oh my God. It was so heavy. With, like the and it had those front. two lines, and it was just like, technically, we can't do anything about it. That's why it's good. Yeah, yeah, but it had but it like... it was way better than everything else. But, you know, it had a, something like 120 hertz or 144, and that made all yeah. the difference, apparently. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I did that. Um, and then in early 2000s, switched, you know, played other games and uh, real tournaments started becoming more of my jam. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then started competing, you know, like actually okay. got into, you know, I was studying the, at the time, kind of put my few, few, I guess, euros. At, then, yeah, we, we switched to euro at, the point, at that point and started competing. Um, got my first flight to a small tournament in Spain, got mm -hmm. second place there, felt really jazzed up about being the second best in Europe. And uh, that kind of, cool. yeah, and that got kind of, this just kind of took off, right? At that point, yeah. I started um, uh, qualifying for more international tournaments and it really culminated with uh, the uh, WCG at the time was called World Cyber Games. They had, a, yeah. they had a tournament every year and went to mm -hmm. Seoul, Korea and won the world championship for Unreal Tournament in, in 1v1 v dual style. And at the time it was like 20 grand. That's like the most money I'd ever made. That you is know? a lot of uh, money in, in I, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I was uh, 17, something like that. I, was, or so I, I understand just like uh, Drew McCoy, you have a large novelty check. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it up on your wall? Yeah, uh, in Italy. Yes, it's in Italy. <laughs> I remember having trouble bringing it on the plane because they're like, "No, we, we we can't do this. Like, this is you you can't. This is after 9/11 or less. So just they just did not want to have anything that wasn't just a small bag on the plane. But somehow I found uh, I found a flight attendant that was really nice to me and, and left it in like this cubby. So yeah, I brought it home. Uh, very happy at that point. Things kind of took off for me a little bit, and you know, I got started getting some sponsors. Uh, reaching cool. out to me and this is like after the the, the dot-com bubble burst yeah, right it's like 2002 2003 Party's, party is over everybody right so a lot of sponsors were really not just not putting money online right so yeah. so only some of the strictly endemic sponsors or like you know intel nvidia mm -hmm. really started you know continue putting money uh in online and games um and so yeah i started getting uh, getting some minor sponsorship and then more of the bigger one and then i was able to finally actually make it more of a full-time thing that's so, awesome so yeah. you're in LA now. How did yeah. you get from Italy to LA? So after a few championships, I attended one in New York. Um, it was uh, it was the first big televised uh, tournament. Uh, MTV was mm -hmm. MTV was still a thing. Uh, so they televised this tournament, uh, and um, that's actually where I met my wife. I mean, mm -hmm. not my wife. Uh, and and you know uh, you know this was still when I was living in Italy, and so you know it really took off uh, very quickly. And then I moved out to LA and. She actually helped me find uh, um, find a way to basically get my work visa uh, That's uh, awesome, in, in the states. Congratulations! So that, was, that was my adventure. It was a it was a it was a big risk, but but obviously it was it was really worth it. At least it felt for me at the time, and I'm certainly happy that I did. And you know, at that point, 
games and online games and esports were a little bit on the you know there were not many tournaments so there really mm-hmm. wasn't an easy way for me to like actually make a living um yeah. you know at the time it wasn't like south korea where like yeah. in the 2000s you could turn on the tv and you would see starcraft right this is not this is not that and so you have to win you have to go to tournaments you have to win and then that's your that's how you make your money so i kind of pivoted at that point and started doing online work and that's part of where mm-hmm. the the work visa came into play. I started doing work for online properties, uh, a show the which my my wife was working with. They needed a website, and so I started getting into into more of the development side. Right. So you're so, you're actually an, an engineer. Yeah. So my background is in electrical engineering. Uh, uh-huh. There's some programming there, uh, not yep. not nearly as much as what I deal with today. That's a tough. That's a tough degree to get. They put you through the ringer on that. So I, I respect uh, anyone with that degree. A lot of um, yeah. A lot of capacitors blew up. <laughs> a lot of fun doing fireworks yeah that exactly really has it um, yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah it was uh you know i kind of transitioned there and um uh yeah i mean that's kind of where i first started having started working by myself as in you know actually finding you know con- you know getting contracts getting clients you know i you know making websites and this is like what 2005 2006 yeah. this yeah. is like myspace days right like yeah. everybody yeah, wanted to wind. have a Second Everybody wind is coming, Facebook, Google. Mm-hmm. It's all like, well, hold on, this tech thing is still going. Yeah, yeah, this is like right pre-Facebook. I think everybody wanted to have a social media website. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is it, you know? So it got yeah. my few clients that wanted to make social sites, whether it's like Flash was like all the rage at the time. So interactive visual, yeah. So, you know, got, got to learn that <laughs> welcome, too. Welcome to tonight's episode of We're Old with yeah, Glenn exactly. and Nicola Grady. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I made a bunch of stuff like that. And, uh, and then this is like 2009, 2010, you know, I think that that's when, you know, Facebook um, started offering, you know, apps and games online and, and they opened up the platform to developers. Right. And so I wanted to desperately get back into games. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not so much as a player anymore. I recognize that the time has kind of shifted. It's a great industry to be in. And I mean, I went in and out of games myself and like did some business stuff for a while around the same time you were doing stuff. Yeah. Just want to get back in. Well, I remember the, this is like, yeah, 2009 and Twitch came out. I mean, Twitch became Twitch in 2014, but like right when Justin TV was a thing in between Twitch, like Mm -hmm. there wasn't a whole Mm -hmm. lot of, well, let's just say that it would have been hard for me to like actually make a business out of just playing games online and, uh, you know, devoting your eight, 10 hours a day of bootcamp and just playing. So, so I'm happy that I took that route. But what happened was a few folks from um, EA, uh, Mm -hmm. EA Los Angeles, they were doing basically like social mobile games this is right before the app store came out and so they they split off and wanted to make their own thing and they didn't have any technical experience and so that's why i came in as a as a technical co-founder and so we founded this company startup called buffalo studios this is all like okay. friends and family kind of money not yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. big vc round and so we had this how, like how, how old are you at this point um so this is 2010 so i'm 25 yeah <laughs> So, <laughs> so, it's so, very impressive, Nicholas. So, so raising so, money and founding a company. Big at, risk. And I got lucky. That, that's yeah. really what it is. Okay. Um, and so, hey, very right cool. place, right time. So um, I so that got interviewed, you know, basically, I mean, we, we were all there and, you know, they didn't really have any technical experience. So I came in and, and this is like, you know, three people basically, you know, paint, still no paint on the walls kind of place. You actually know mm-hmm, where that mm-hmm. place is, right? In Santa Monica. Yep. Uh, yep it's like yep. next to a cement factory. Like we had to like close the shades before, you know, it's just like. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that I biked past that cement factory on my way home from Sony Santa Monica for five years. Yep. yep. That's probably right. Uh, this is yep. right before they made this, the, the, the train station there. So yep. they were just yep. working on this. So they were really busy mm-hmm. with that cement factory for years. So, so we got there. Um, and uh, yeah, and basically, you know, our product at the time was uh, was a bingo game of all things. This is bingo. definitely not my genre, yeah. But yeah. but the idea behind it was good. And and what really was was cool for me is that this is real time multiplayer. You know, right. this is obviously not a shooter. Mm-hmm. This isn't a you know super fast paced uh, yeah. uh, you know FPS like Quake. But you know, how do you bring real time multiplayer on the web? You know, at the time the, the really was not much. Uh, so you know, so maybe what, like, what year was this when you were first starting? This is 2010. 2010. Well, this is, this is, this is way back. Like this is the time when AAA game devs and console devs were basically thumbing their nose at free to play and, and, and web-based games and Facebook games. This yeah, was before, I mean, before Zynga, before King, Candy Crush absolutely destroyed everything and took over. There, the, 
the traditional devs of which I was a part, not that I was doing, but were really looking down on these casual games and, and oh, yeah. look over I mean, the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, look, I myself got in and be like how, you know, even the idea of having a bingo game where folks would, would pay money to pay mm -hmm. for bingo chips and get nothing back was like, people are really going to do this? Like, it's, it's crazy, you know? Uh, like, you don't <laughs> want to pay you once and this? be done with it? Have you heard of a thing called gambling, Nicola? <laughs> so, yeah, it turns out it's, you know, and, it, and what about Farmville, right? Farmville yeah. was just about take off, right? That there's a, you know, sunk cost fallacy of the game is yep. incredible, right? There's so much. Uh, anyway, so, so you know, uh, this thing, you know, I put together a team. At first, uh, you know, everything was outsourced and then we realized this is not working. So, so I started mm -hmm. hiring. Um, and, you know, this is now like, who are you going to hire for like web uh, 2.0, I guess, you know, real time multiplayer. So there were a lot of folks at the time that actually came from Disney because Disney was one of the early industries that were in, interactive and was online. This, was this flash based under the covers or? Yeah. Or, okay. Mm -hmm. So you're using flash based. Uh, so this okay. is like Ashton Script 3 kind of okay. stuff, uh, which is like yeah. a. I don't know, in between Java and JavaScript, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad programming language, but it's it's very niche and you gotta find place, people from like interactive. This is like mostly like ex Disney people that did online games at Disney. There were not many industries in LA that did that or even advertising. Yeah. So you really couldn't find games people, you know, yeah. to, to make this. And so yeah. I was fortunate enough to have to have a gaming background, at least as, as a player, where like I could, you know, I could tell, okay, well, this is something that it's not gonna go. So, you know, hired some folks, certainly made some hiring mistakes early on, but, but ultimately grew the, grew the team. Um, we got to maybe 10, 15 people, launched the game. Um, this was like end of 2010. And we had this, you know, massive network effect because Facebook, this is when like they were just, if you remember, this is when- Oh, Facebook were games were going like crazy. Like everybody was consuming games and sending yeah. notifications to everybody and- my aunt was being really annoying, trying to get me to play Candy Crush with her and all that. Yeah, it was this, crazy, and, and it's been the virality of it has been so tamped down. Yeah, since. this is probably when you got somebody asking you to to, to water their crops, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in in Farmville, etc. Um, so our approach was a little bit different, but still, it's it network effect really helped us. Look, it was right place, right time, right product. Yeah. Um, you so know, you we gave me something exit. that was evergreen. You got a good exit out of that. How did how did that yeah, how did so, that company work out? Yeah, so we grew the team there for from like, yeah, three, four people all the way to 120, 140. Um, and then two years in, we started getting some offers um, yep. and ultimately got an offer from, you know, Zynga was, was one of them. And, and we decided to go with Caesars Interactive, mm -hmm. which at the time was, you know, basically was just us and Playtica, which is now much bigger yeah. and, and, and ultimately really as the umbrella company for all the interactive stuff. Um, and that was really, really the high growth vertical for, for Caesars much more than that their casinos or just about anything else, which is why they split it off as, yeah. as another entity. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was incredible. I mean, this is like, you know, two years in, this yeah. is now have this, uh, now I'm like, now you're 27, um, you've got a now great I'm like, accent. Oh, this is how it yeah. always goes. This is normal. You know, this is like, of course, <laughs> no. you know, like just, yeah. <laughs> very few people experience. I was, it was like, Oh, build it and they will come, you know, this is obviously how yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, so obviously having a good time. I mean, the, the part that I really enjoyed the most was building the team, like finding the people and getting them mm -hmm. together and getting them to be productive and happy. And, 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 you know, it's something that I recognize with the company. Um, so then later on, you know, you've now effectively transitioned from an esports player to somebody doing web development, a full stack developer. And, uh, and now you're, you're in technical management, building up an engineering team. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I still played a lot, right? But but it, yeah. it's um, at this point, it's uh, you know, I just I did enjoy the technology, but I did enjoy seeing other people being able to consume it and, and translate it into a product. Yeah. And what really, really was a rush for me is just seeing the millions of players being able to consume your game. You know, it's just it's incredible. Uh, yeah. You know, and we had people that got there. You know, we had a we had a mascot that was a cat. Uh, which was perfect for our audience and still is around. They have you know music yeah. videos with it, and people would like get tattooed of their real oh, tattoos of the cat. Crazy. People got married, you know, by 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 chatting in the game. It's like we change people's lives, you know. And so yeah. I you know I stopped thinking about it as as a bingo game and more of a look. We created an experience where people come and 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 really mm -hmm. enjoy it. And and the fact that I was you know uh, that I could change it so quickly was 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 incredible in a startup anyway, right? That's the thing. Uh, like, what is the what is the killer app for every platform? 
being together with other people over distance, right? <laughs> having having some sort of community created, uh, and and this is a trend I think has continued. You know, and you look at Fortnite. It's is is it a game? Is it a hangout? Right? Like well, the the the, co the courts. I think I've said it's a game, but but yeah, it's a, it's an experience, right? It's um yeah. it, it it well I, you know Roblox call, calls it a it's experiences, right? It's not games, and so. It's true. I mean, we're definitely merging into that. And now we're in the middle of this metaverse hype as well here in 2021. And it feels like games are steamrolling towards experiences and, and, and things. So, so it really, it really prove out, proves out the, you know, the thesis that you had back then and the experience you had with this bingo game that you made. It's much more than just that game. So what did you do next, mate? So stayed at the company for two more years. Um, you know, I actually transitioned from, you know, we actually hired someone right as, as a VP of tech right before the acquisition because we wanted to, frankly, position ourselves as a company to be acquired for, for more. You know, ultimately, mm -hmm. we sold it for um, collective 100 million. Um, and and then to actually transition over to on the product side because I yeah. really wanted to drive a little bit more of the initiatives and how right. you know, the, the, the platform's there, right? We're expanding it, but it works, right? And so now we have a, we have a team that can, 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 can you know continue building upon it we actually became more of a platform as a service team for caesar's uh, uh mm -hmm. contents and i wanted to move the product and so for the next two years i really worked on a more of the product director team for the game and and, and actually for for um smaller other game production we'd made there and there was a formative experience much more about politics than than maybe doing actual work but but it was important and i think that was that was really something that that uh, uh, got me understanding how to talk to, to stakeholders, right. Yeah. To, to folks that really, you know, whether it's new hires that are, that maybe are C-level hires or just folks that have been there for some time and how do you deal with them? And I think that was, uh, I'm very happy that I made that transition because I think it helped me then do what I, what I did next. So at age 27, you're managing people working with people in a production yeah. capacity. I'm not saying I'm doing a good job, but I certainly am trying. <laughs> it does take time to learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, good on you. So now you get, you, 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 you have your own idea and, and you, you, you start thinking about risk versus reward. What's going yeah. through your head right now after two years at this company? So now it's, um, 2014, 2013, mm -hmm. 2014. I think, you know, we're, we're looking at the app store that's out for two, three years. Um, you know, I, I have a phone like everybody else, you know, we're kind of checking out the apps. We actually deployed, we, we, such we, we, a, such we a gold the, rush. Such yeah. a fucking gold rush. We made the bingo out. game for, for, for the phones and tablets, yeah. of course, right? If, if it was yeah. a perfect fit. And I'm looking at the ecosystem and, and seeing that there's no games that I would like to play, yeah. right? And, you know, I'm classic PC player, you know, maybe some console, right? Maybe not shooters on a console necessarily, but I'll, I'll definitely play my fair game, fair, uh, fair share of games. And it's just, there's just nothing on the phone that I really would like to play. You know, like it's, there's no real shooters on the, on the phone. There's like a couple of examples that feel like, you know, clunky 3D ports with like a million touch, uh, you know, you know, million buttons on the screen. It's just not something I want to try. And so it's got to be native. It can't, you can't take the experiences of a PC with a mouse and a keyboard. And yeah. It so, yeah. you know, I, it's kind of like, you know, what, you know, what did Halo do for, or, you know, GoldenEye or Halo do for the Xbox? Like they, you know, yeah. like they, they, they change the game design, right? I mean, Halo yeah. is mostly, you know, they has aim assist as most it, it brought on auto aim the, the yeah the whole and and you'll stick controller like, design it's brilliant yeah even the fact like to me to, to this day it still blows me away because right now it's standard but like just the fact that with the right trigger you fire mm -hmm. with your right hand and with the left trigger you you, you cook and throw a grenade it yeah. so feels so real and yeah. so visceral very clean yeah yeah very I, clean, very I, I still i still to this day because of playing you know the original halo and getting kind of you know, baptized in that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like, I still, I still prefer those, the triggers on the Xbox controllers and I'm, I'm a Sony guy, right? But the triggers on the Xbox controllers just have always had that feel. I really know? like the, the, the bare hands controller. Cause I guess I, you know, <laughs> I always love that one. So, so, you know, bare, bare like, hands as in huge hands or. Yeah. Although it's in a huge controller. Remember the first one, the first yeah, Xbox? The, the Western yeah. controller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> Well, those Americans, they have gigantic hands. Here's your controller. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I mean, I thought Bungie did something incredible, right? Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I, at the time I really thought, look, there's something, someone's going to do something. Someone's going to bring core 
games on the phone. I think there's mm -hmm. an audience that is growing up now that is, you know, even they're preteen, tween, maybe even teen that just they don't have a PC. They don't have yeah. a console. So their true. their gaming device is their phone, right? Or their tablet they got from mm -hmm. two, three years old that their parents don't know what to do with anymore, right? And they give it to them. So yep. look, there's clearly a growing audience. Uh, there's just no product for them. And so, you know, I'm still, I'm still a Buffalo at this point. Right. Um, and so I, I, I decided with my co-founder also working Buffalo at the time, say, Hey, you know, like we, we can do something here. Um, and I had no idea how to make a shooter. Like I played shooters, but I had no idea. Like I yeah. just, I have no idea how to connect to, I mean, I knew how to connect two players together, but I don't know how to make a run. Big learning so, curve. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Bingo. Big exactly. Learning curve on that. Massive. Yeah, it's, it's a glorified chat room with like a bunch of things you click on a card, right? So mm -hmm. how do you even start? And so, you know, the, the big thing for me was, look, we, first let's make it like a, you know, kind of like a PC, PC game real quick. Let's just see if we can get the networking going. And then like, okay, let's see if we can put it on a phone. I think at the time it was like iPhone 4. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to make it run at 60 frames per second. 30 is just not smooth enough. No, you need 60. And, yeah. and I, see will if we get... I will fight you. <laughs> yeah. And so you can, uh, you know, let's get them to connect together. And I think once we got to that as a, as a small prototype, then we're like, okay, it yeah. can be done. And, and one of the big goals for me was I just didn't want to have a game where you have to look at where you put your fingers on the screen or yeah. where you touch on the screen. Because uh, it just didn't feel mobile native, it didn't feel natural, mm -hmm. and so we got to a point where we had a prototype. So you don't like uh, those, those virtual buttons and the scroll and the controllers, right? Right. You already have your fingers yeah. on the screen. Like you should look at yeah. the action, not look at where you're putting your fingers, right? Yeah. Again, now maybe the landscape has changed. Kids now do some crazy stuff. They do like, you know, they do claw now, which is like what? they hold it on and they just, it's just like. Oh, they're anyway. like they're like like that on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's crazy. Oh. Like they, I mean, now there's controller support, but at the time there was no not just thing. So, so yeah, let's do this. Um, so we got some prototypes together. Clearly, it worked. Um, this is you know right after basically myself and 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 my co-founder decide to leave um the company yeah. after after earn out after we got so so we're in a position where you know we're relatively comfortable. You mm -hmm. know, like obviously we're definitely taking a big risk, but. But yeah. we were fortunate enough that we made it. We made a, a made a good chunk um, yeah. through the sale of the company. Look, this is not for everybody. We're we were lucky enough to be in that in that, in that situation, right? Um, and you know, I I keep thinking like, you know, like how do people do this kind of stuff? Like, like my mantra is very much like nobody knows what they're doing. They're just trying. You know, like even unless you've done the same thing for the last like. 10, 20 years, like you don't really know um, what, you, what you're doing. Game development is literally, <laughs> as an you know, engineer, so I'm like, it's, it's, it's the process of doing what you have no idea what you're doing. And, and, and I think that expands beyond it. games, but it's true. It's yeah. crazy, right? Um, it's very much a hits driven business. And so, you know, we, we, you know, once we have something in our hands, it worked, we're like, okay, listen, we'll like, what do we do now? You know? And so I started reaching out with some, some people that I knew Mm -hmm. from esports and, and it's funny like like what your hobby is today it's going to become an industry 10 years from now you yeah. know uh and so when i was playing the 2000s you know i had folks like me that they were playing were competing together and now they're now they actually raise some money uh, and have a company that does competitions for counter-strike you know i didn't yeah. even know this and so so this was the face it crew yeah, so 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 one of my friends, uh, Michele Artizani, yeah, he's a CEO of CMO Faced, and um, he, um, yeah, so he reached out uh, among other folks as well. But he was able to introduce me to, to uh, a VP at Activision, of mm -hmm. all people. And and so like you know, I thought, okay, this is it. This is awesome. Like we're gonna go in. We're gonna go, we're gonna pitch it. We have no idea what we're doing, right? And so the the thing with the game is, you know, this is like a very clunky prototype, you know, and that runs yeah. on an iPhone, like. We want, to sh we want it to show playing and it's this is a 4v4 game so mm -hmm. you know this is still bootstrap and so what we did is we just basically asked friends and family for their devices like mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. ipads android devices and so we come to activision you know once we go through a few calls and we go downstairs and like the basically where they do like external testing you know and so yeah yeah and we have no idea who we're going to meet or anything to just tell so us. Like, this, this is the offices in Santa Monica near the airport. Yeah. This is the yep. central Activision, right? This yep. is, you know, front yep. Treyarch, whatever. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and um, yeah. And so we come in, we're like, this is the first pitch. Like, this is the first pitch with Activision. We're like, 
this is gonna go, this is gonna be great. Uh, and so we go in and um, you know we put all your all our devices like all kind of weird devices. Some have a low battery. It's just like a, you know very bootstrap, very very shoestring. And so we come in and then we start seeing people come in and and I remember like recognizing some folks because not all everybody was introducing as their titles and like we're there with like Rob Costich like the 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 main lead for like all the Call of Duty games you know yeah. plus some other folks there so we're like again we That's had no awesome. idea what we we're getting into. Yeah, and Whoops. you know, we show the game. They play a couple of rounds. You know, uh, uh, you know, they're excited, whatever. But you know, they tell us this is cool. This is like the first like stab at mobile games as Activision. This is still pre. This is just about. I think this is like right at the point where like they buy King. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. this is like 2015, 2016. And so you know, as Activision, they want to make a mobile game clearly, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, little did I know that it took you know six years later to get, you know, five years later to get Call of Duty Mobile out, right? But I think that was their objective at the time, right? To make a 3D yeah. shooter on the phone. And so, you know, uh, you know, we do our testing there. And then ultimately, I think, you know, it, it went well enough that, um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, we got introduced to more folks that, that, that were more interested in that. And so, you know, this is kind of how we figured out how to navigate um, the investor sphere and ultimately VC, you know? So, Right. You know, you know, investors like their trade is information, right? Like the capital is is the vehicle that they use to, you know, ultimately, uh, uh, you know, acquire equity. But like they exchange information, that's their trading. So, mm -hmm. you know, we realized, you know, shortly afterwards, that like even if we keep getting no's, um, as long as we have a good presentation, we're we're confident mm -hmm. about our message. They, def which they definitely talk. Good or yeah, bad, which, they talk. Yeah, which yeah. I, I was absolutely convinced, and 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 you know, mm -hmm. uh, clearly that conviction came through to the meetings that yeah. that ultimately you know uh, you know I, I get introduced from A to B to from B to C, mm -hmm. yep. and so this is yeah mid twenty sixteen, um, and uh, you're out you're out pitching your concept yeah, now you, constantly. You, you, how many how many do you think you did? I mean, at least um, I don't know, maybe twenty something like 20. that, you know, and this yeah. is like, you know, maybe more during calls, you know, but often we'll be in person. This is pre COVID. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, this is like, I remember, what I remember those days. You remember those days? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we still remember <laughs> the pre-internet days sooner enough. Yeah. This generation doesn't. Uh, so we, you know, we go to E3, we go to general conventions, you know, we we're I'm literally, I have a backpack with a router yep. and like a bunch of devices and I just go around with it, like all charged up and that's, and that's our pitch. It's like literally <laughs> come here. And this was so cool because it's like before the this, immediacy like, of handing the device to someone and having them use it. It's, it's so a awesome. really like, strong pitch. This is yeah. like land party on the go. Right. Yeah. And this yeah. is like what kind of what we're trying to sell with like, you could do this on the phone. Like, and, mm -hmm. and most folks, like whether they were players or they were investors, like they didn't know that this was even possible. Like they knew yeah. about mobile games and knew that they were like clearly making money. This is free to play, you know, obviously mm -hmm getting big at this point but you know i remember we went to a to a google uh, competition their first thing in san francisco uh, this is must have been like 2016 2017 and we brought our game and won it won it won it won an award there but most people mm -hmm. that came this is open to the public most people that came in tried the game on a few like tablets we had out there and it was like a 4v4 2v2 i don't remember and people were like but wait like is am i playing with this guy right next to me like they were just blown away by the fact that they could just get have a shooter game they would play against each other and it wasn't a console, you know. Yeah. So this is the, this is the, this is the expectations at the match, you know, or like at least at the exceed. So, you know, maybe maybe six months, twelve months later, you know, we ultimately find somebody that is willing to put um, to basically give us a, a YC note. Mm -hmm. So they weren't going to raise our so, uh, a, a safe, uh, simple agreement for future equity. Yeah. So okay. it was safe, cool. you know, we, um, you know. For everyone, for everyone on the call, not versed in the, the, the capital raising like myself and Nicola, the safe is a, an alternative for a convertible note that's an equity instrument, not a debt instrument, uh, and is a lot simpler to sign and read and whatever than doing a fully priced round. So um, it's a very convenient way to invest in a company before it makes sense to set a valuation on that company. It's basically, here's a piece of paper. If you find somebody that's willing to put a lot more money, you got mm -hmm. my money. So and you can convert it now if you need the money. We're we were like running running low, so yeah. we were yeah. like we might have to take this soon, right? Um, and then and then yeah, basically we we got into conversations. Um, it's funny we we talked to an investor that you know was not um, 
well, let's just say we got to know it first. And then they introduced right. someone else, which said yes. And then they come back like, okay, we're in, you know? And that's really what, wow. often what it takes. It's like, that's if, the thing. Uh, it's like, if no. somebody's in, is when to take the risk, then the rest of it, it comes, comes out much easier, much easier, you know, once you have somebody that is willing to lead your seat. And so once we got to that point, it was, it, it was, finding, it was, finding the lead is absolutely critical now. So again, yeah. for everybody else on the call, I think this has now become between two term sheets. Um, the, the, the idea is when, when you move past the convertible note or safe equity stage, you, you need a lead who prices and values your company and they set the terms in a term sheet and then other people may follow in that round, but they follow at the terms negotiated with the lead of the round. And yeah, so so we got the we got the terms. Uh, you know, we got some lawyers involved. Did all that yep. stuff. This is again, this is our first time doing this. You know, we're, we're just excited term to get. Sheets. We're just we're just uh, we're just excited to get like any money. You know, anybody that because like yeah. for the, at this point, we would just want validation. You know, I just want to know that. Yeah, this is what someone, I think. Someone is believes in us. Is something that people yeah. do believe, and I think the the first group that 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 trusted us and, and gave us the safe. This was a lot of little ventures out of, out of Detroit. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, and, and to this day, they're some of the more bullish investors we've ever had. And they're amazing. You know, they're That's the ones awesome. that first were, were doing that. Uh, and then ultimately led to, you know, bringing in more and bigger investors like Index Ventures who, who led. So in, our, Index our is a top tier fund. That is an incredibly high quality. Yeah, fund. we we talked to a few folks and, and yep. we had conversations. I'm not even sure if I can say, but. <laughs> with, that's that's uh, an incredibly good investor. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. extremely impressed. We were again. This and is this like a seed like, round. You got them on a seed round. So, so we got them to co-lead in the seed round, and then okay. they, um, and then they they fully led the Series A uh, okay. shortly after that. So we kind of okay. preempted a Series A because they recognized that investing in this kind of content really required people. People on this uh, people on this show. Look, it's incredibly rare. You, you know, more so today. It's happening today now in 2021. But wind back the clock, what was this, 2015? This is, uh, yeah, 2016. 2015, 20, 2016. Um, it's extremely rare for investors, top-tier investors, to invest in, in, in what potentially could be a content play, a content play being, in this case, a studio making games. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, this incredible is, uh, uh, you know, I think at the time we were riding the wave of esports, wave of esports and esports mm -hmm. and mobile kind of coming in big and, yeah. We were big believers in it, and obviously that that has manifested in in, in many ways. Now you see more of the big, really large players coming in strong. I think um, you can raise a content play with VCs in 2021. Clearly, with the right track record. Not unless you're back. No, by no, like but you you've got a no, NFT and blockchain. I don't, I don't think. Uh, okay. Even okay. That, so you really are betting on the platform. I, I've seen some. I've seen some folks like you know X. I've seen some X right people um, raise very very quality rounds with with top tier investors on on you well sometimes content but they i think the thing is is that often the person who's raising has already had a high quality exit yeah so right, singular party guys so, right they've, they, oh, oh, they've raised. another good example would be mountaintop with uh, nate mitchell one of the original co-founders of oculus right i mean that's a no-brainer for vcs so, out there, so yeah you, right? you bring up a good point it's it's um like investors will are betting on the founders, right? So, so if yeah, you have a good history, um, you know they're in you know, the project and the idea, of course, that that there's the, clearly there needs to be an opportunity. But, but they're if they're believers on your story, um, mm -hmm. you're good at telling it, and you have the numbers to back it up. I mean, I don't yeah. think that I would have been able to raise had it not been for a really positive exit with Buffalo, right? Yeah, that's, with, that's a that's a really good there's, point. There's just uh, there's just no way. I, I certainly maybe, but but uh, I mean, I, I think there I, needs to be some kind of back. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely something that says this, and I'll, I'll say kid. This kid at this point, like this this kid has done, he's done something really incredible. Had a, had a strong exit. There's potential here. This guy's worth backing, right? Things are going to happen, and I, I'm sure that's what we've been going through their minds. For me, I I raised pretty late after working at Respawn and Sony Santa Monica, and again, like without my 20 year career of working in games and multiplayer, I don't think I would have even gotten safes. Timing was definitely of the essence. I think had we done the same play, you know, a year later, or maybe even two years later, I think would have been yeah. far different. Um, yeah. So, there's, there's, so also, there's always time. That, that secular trend going on that really helps you be the right place at the right time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so now we have, you know, again, we were excited to even get 
somebody to be able to commit a hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, right? But, but you know, in a in a month or so, we close out our, our seed, um, and so now we have enough money to to set up the studio. This is what yeah. I wanted to do. I kind of you know I had some experience building a team. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it again, but getting people from you know more specifically from the games industry um, to make you know a, a real core real time game on on the phone, yeah. um, and turns out it's really hard. <laughs> turns out it was not everything i knew i mean i will say technically but man man like you 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 close around right especially a seed round you close mm-hmm. an a round it feels like it's the hottest thing you've ever done now you've got to actually execute no that's right? like that's really that's, the easy part it's just beginning yeah, yeah it's just beginning yeah now it's like okay where do i where do i find the people with who do i want you know obviously mm-hmm. that was part of the deck mm-hmm. right we knew how big a team we wanted. We knew the roles we wanted to fill, but yeah, good luck finding a network programmer that- Almost impossible. Stuff. And yeah. I, I will say as well, like on this call, like, um, you know, every single person that I interview on between two servers, um, without exception, they're hiring network engineers, but can't find them, right? Yeah. And how, so how do, you, how do you get around the inability to hire experienced network engineers, Nicola? What was your strategy? So- I mean, you know, we used recruit recruiters, mm-hmm. um, nothing there. I mean, we, we'd certainly talk to a lot of folks, but everybody we talked to um, ultimately pointed us to somebody that was already at the big companies. They were at EA, they were Activision, yep. they were already doing what they were doing and they had massive retention packages because totally. EA and Activision and Riot and everybody in the industry, at least in LA, knew yep. that that's that's what you need. That's what you, who you want to keep. Right. So yeah. there was no way us as a small, very risk prone company with some financial backing are going to be able to offer, you know, financial stability for these guys that just mm-hmm. like, why, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah, we did, we did have to do some, a lot of research on our own and, and find alternative ways. And I think, you know, I, as, as a, as a suggestion to anybody getting into this, like try to be as, as, as public and loud about your project uh, as you yeah, can, because I don't you know, hide it. Yeah. yeah. Don't hide it. It just makes no it sense. can't work for you if they don't know what you're making. Right. And so, you know, yeah. we, we were not as loud as we could have been. I think we should have, we should have been, I think that would have been really helpful attracting, you know, higher end mm-hmm. talent that was looking for the next thing. And we did get an amazing team. Don't get me wrong, but it took a while. And, and, yeah. and I think that the momentum or, or the moment where we raised money, it took us longer to get to the final product longer than we, we mm-hmm. would have wished. And so, yeah, in retrospect, definitely do that. Get, be loud, be proud, go to meetups. I know it's COVID, but you know, now it's, now it's all remote work. So may, maybe not so much, uh, but, uh, but yeah, do that. And, you know, ultimately we were able to find somebody that was a, that really helped us get to, uh, get to our network stack the way we wanted mm-hmm. it to. That was actually uh, from, uh, we found it on, uh, on GitHub, you know, just yeah, uh, looking is- at people's work more yep. than and you know we didn't i said you know what i can't hire someone from la mm-hmm. um maybe they're too expensive or maybe they're just all there's just nobody around that we could we could find they're us all, so let's just go they're all employed yeah get get whoever we we want and we need mm-hmm. so that's kind of how you and i got you know uh, you know got connected um and so, so this, this guy this actually was um this was actually alan stagner who yeah. worked on netcode.io and uh, he he did a, a port. Um, I believe he did a C-sharp port of it at that point. Yeah. And so it made so, a super netcode.io and then that became the basis of your netcode foundation for your project in some form. Tell yeah, so, so we, you know, first we needed to make sure, look, can we have, can we run it on that iPhone 4, right? Can we mm-hmm. run it at 60 mm-hmm. frames? Can we put a server on the phone? Can we make the game run there? Can we have the two peers connecting? And, and so once we got that running, um, it was awesome. Yeah, we got basically, we, we got our stack that we call Neon, which is, yeah, basically netcode.io, reliable.io, which are the, the mm-hmm. you know, uh, some of the two major products you, projects you published uh, open source, um, the C-sharp version of that. And yeah. then we built- So it, it was actually a native C-sharp rewrite of them to my knowledge. Yeah. It wasn't even like a binding Unity. to a DLL. Yeah. yeah. So we use Unity as a client. I had said from the get go, look, we need it. We need gotta go native. Gotta focus and double down on C sharp. We're gonna get engineers that can do full stack. At, yeah. basically. And at this time, there's really no high quality networking solution for Unity. No, definitely not at the time, and certainly not something that we could get open source or something mm-hmm. that we could just have you complete to to control. Mo- you gotta be able to modify it and change it and extend it. Yeah. Yeah. So otherwise, you don't so, control your destiny. 
Yeah, so we got our, uh, actually, Alan was, was incredible. I mean, the speed yeah. at which he was able to iterate was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's that's the kind of person you want in your startup, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he, he brought in, uh, you know, entity um, management system, mm-hmm. you, got, you know, snapshots, uh, you know, Delta snapshotting, all that stuff. Uh, and obviously, you know, we, we, you know, we got, we got even you early on to be able to advise on some of the changes we made early on yeah. that were, were really instrumental. We just talked about the Quake network model and some some basics, then and, and you, you folks just got it straight away. Yeah. And off you went. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. And then once we got it running, and we knew that it could have been done, then we're like, okay, great. Now, now we can focus on this. And so we focused. You know, we did more tooling on our stack, and then mm-hmm. ultimately released the product um, that you know you mentioned earlier. It's called Armajet. It's a, it's a four versus yeah. four uh, real time multiplayer shooter, reminiscent of. I mean, it's people have sort, sort of they, like Metal Slug and Soldat and and all of those classic two D yeah. slide shooters. A lot of folks, yeah, they dubbed it like a Super Smash with guns. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was the easier pitch, I think. That's pretty that good. Was the easier, uh, elevator pitch, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we 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 have it out. It's growing to this day. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fun playing it and continue making content for it. Um, and you know, that was you know that was obviously something I wanted to do since I was little. Yeah, I, I grew up with metal slug at the arcades and and mm-hmm. just it's something that that was very dear to me and i wanted to bring it to to a phone and so once we got it. to that point you know i think we were at you know we got to a team of like i think 15 by the time we release it mm-hmm. um yep. and uh yeah i mean that's like the peak of like you know the dream right like build your own studio make the game you want um grow a team and get it out uh, and then of course after raising money building a team and executing on the product is the hard part but the real hard part becomes when it starts when you actually launch the game. Yeah. So at this point, what, this was, that, like, what was that like for you? Well, so this is mobile, the world of mobile end of 2019, the mm-hmm. week before we launch, Call of Duty Mobile launches. Oh my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So we're like, damn it. You know, so obviously, it's slightly different kind of game, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not a platformer shooter, but still, you know, now, you know, again, like, you get an audience now that like, look, I want to focus on one game. I want to invest my time and my money mm-hmm. in one game. Um, and, you know, that's how long it took us to, to get to that point, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to, to hire the team, mm-hmm. to be able to distribute the load and make the game, right? I uh, think about back when we were at Activision and had a game basically feature complete, uh, but not to the point where we wanted it to be, right? So, yeah. Still, and, you like, went, okay. and you went and completely rewrote it and rebuilt the team yep. and redid everything. We were everything. very proud of it. Bottom up. Yeah. The, the art, the tech is amazing. It's just so much better than what it was originally. And we have a mm-hmm. team to work on it. So extremely proud of it. A little scared, mm-hmm. of course, of the competition. Um, but <laughs> our game is still <laughs> right across the street from us. Uh, but the game is still <laughs> different. It's, it's still a, a somewhat different kind of audience. And they, they, like, they like similar games, but it's still very much different. So people that like 3D first-person shooters will play your your Fortnite on the phone or, or Call of Duty or Valorant when it comes out mm-hmm. or the, 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 the other clone, what is it? Medi's clone that came out soon with the, somebody else that uh, just, just uh, made yeah, it. Yeah. The next, the next uh, battle Royale. Yeah. Next uh, kind of strike on the phone basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, we're fortunate enough to be able to focus in a, in a slightly different direction. Um, and uh, yeah, we started doing our acquisition campaigns, uh, but ultimately mm-hmm. like we, you know, we wanted to focus. We wanted to focus on 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 building so you, great games and building. You're looking at retention curves. You're looking at engagement. You're looking oh, yeah. at marketing spend. How much it costs per user to get in. Tell me about this all this stuff. This is it's a science and an art. You don't just launch yeah. the game and throw it out there. Yeah. So so we were able to. You know, as a studio, we shifted from focusing so much on marketing and pushing the game to really focusing on building the game. I mean, we mm-hmm. actually outsourced some of the. Uh, some of the, the 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 marketing around the game because we're just we want to focus okay. on making great games and so yeah. our yeah. step and our focus this year has been uh, you know building upon the content we have and building upon Armajet we actually released mm-hmm. a new version of Armajet it's called High Stakes with a very different way that we're monetizing it through the skills platform and now we're yeah. working on another game that we're uh, we're we're actually pitching right now to to write different publishers we I can't speak too you. much about it but but just the transition of becoming a multi oh, company a, a multi-team it's, studio that's a that's ex- extremely extremely exciting so i'm i'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to having multi games i mean i guess we do have high stakes the version of armageddon released so that's already two games yeah well let's what's 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 uh 
what's a studio without three games at the same time. So Nicola, really incredibly impressive. Thanks for sharing your story. And folks, you heard it here, the story of somebody starting from playing in esports, uh, becoming an engineer uh, and, and, and working as an engineer, joining a company, you know, going along for a great ride and ultimately starting his own studio, creating a multiplayer game he always wanted to make, succeeding, getting it out there in front of players, and it's still live today. How many years has it been live? So we were actually early beta uh, in, I want to say 2016, 20. So five years. You've, been, you've, you've had this yeah, game well, we're we're wide we've for been, five years. Worldwide, we've been less than impressive. Years. Yeah, yeah, worldwide, we've been less than two years, but yeah. and but in closed beta, closed alpha, we were mm -hmm. like for almost mm -hmm. five years. Yeah. So yeah, we have folks that remember us from like the early alpha when we when we released like our our homemade trailer uh, uh, on YouTube. That's amazing. So, yeah. That's so what back when it was still like very much 2D art, the old code base, like very uh -huh. very shoestring. So yeah, people remember that. That's awesome. So so now tell me to somebody thinking about beginning their own journey, making a studio or even making their own multiplayer game. What's your advice at the end of this journey to them? Uh, so it's funny. Um, one tidbit is when when I hire folks, um, people are always they, they looked at the they looked at the agreement. You know, when you, when you bring some someone in the company, and you know sometimes they're pretty restrictive. They're like, listen, you can't do any work. You can't use work equipment, which is pretty standard. But but in ours, we deliberately put in like, look, if you do work on your own time at home, like it's your product, it's your stuff. And and actually, when I was when I am hiring engineers, I have somewhat of an expectation that people will moonlight. People will go home and yeah, cut their teeth and do their thing. own thing. I mean, that's how we, how do you yeah, think? Yeah. And actually, like if, we got good. That, like if somebody's not doing that, I almost like, are you not curious? I think somebody about? paid me to learn? That was yeah, my weekends. <laughs> and when I got home after work in the games yeah. industry for decades. Yeah. So right? like, well, like, you know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of this... what happened to me. I, I had a passion for something else. I loved what I did at work, but I wanted to experiment and, and mess with other stuff. And so I had that expectation. And so, mm -hmm. you know, where are you coming from, right? So, so are you at a company now that where you you're comfortable, but you're thinking about, um, you know, building your own studio? You know, what do you mm -hmm. what do you bring into the table? Do you think that you have Do you think that you have an opportunity in a market that's still undiscovered, untapped? Yeah. That's kind of what what I felt it was yeah. like. You know, uh, obviously I had a personal. Uh, uh, wish to have a game to suit it to myself, but that's, you know, that's, that's not always, that doesn't always work, but do you, you know, do you have that conviction of, of how, how, how convinced are you that what you have is, I have is, to do this and I will succeed. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, exactly. And so like, Step and look, you're not going to be, you're yeah. not always going to be right. I've been wrong so many times. Yep. Um, yep. But even when, um, even when I was playing esports, you know, through practice, you know, practice mm -hmm. makes perfect, of course, but like through practice, I was able to, to know everybody that was my competition. Right. Yep. And I knew that I had something that was better in some respects and I could play to those strengths. And so the same comes here, you know, like, you know, do you want to have a studio because you want to build games uh, because you, you think there's a new platform. Do you want to, do you want to, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, get into okay maybe that maybe that's a vc play right vcs yeah. are very interested in extremely high growth companies right i mean there are one out of ten uh vc companies actually really makes it you know it's got a 30x multiplier and that's really what what the vc investment sphere is is really looks for yep. maybe you just want to have a studio and, and stick to more of the studio model right find a so publisher. Now, you've, now you've got the lifestyle company versus the vc scalable product company right. And that's a very interesting choice you have to make when you create a company. Which of the two paths are, are you going on? Or, or yeah, I mean, are you, between? where's your thrill? Is it because you really mm -hmm. love games and you have a good creative spirit behind you? Or is it just the yeah. opportunity of the market, right? And I think that really changes yeah. how, well, where you want to find the money if you don't have it on your own, of course. Like, you know, publishers, or, you know, I mean, you're seeing Microsoft and Sony gobbling up studios left and right, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's, a, still, it's a cycle that goes, comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing Insomniac just like get a triple A game out every year, which is like ridiculous. Oh, those guys are crazy. Incredible studio. Yeah. Crazy um, good. Uh, yeah, they just announced like Wolverine today. It's like, Jesus. Anyway, anyway, they're unstoppable. Uh, good for <laughs> Stop them. making uh, us look bad, Insomniac. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, what are, you, what are you looking for? You know? Uh, and so for us, you know, initially, you know, we wanted to get Armageddon out. You know, yeah. we, ultimately, like we're game makers. We want to make a game. We don't know anything about investment or, or capital yeah. or how to manage that. We know how to grow a team. We know how to make a game, right? Yeah. And not even a console game, you know, a game that lived on the web and then on the phone. So not even traditional 
games, if you will, back 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at first, actually, we went to uh, publishers. We actually had quite a few conversations with EA. Um, and, you know, there was a possibility for us to to uh, attach our game to an IP of theirs. Mm-hmm. And um, that can be quite a credible option, right? This, this, yeah. is, this is not a... It's not something to be scoffed at. Many, many, no, and- many studios have created their their companies and studios and original IP off the back of years of doing work for hire, or other people's IP. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. No shame in this at all. Yeah, but you, you chose think, a different um, path, Nicola. And the only reason why we didn't choose that path is just because what we were trying to do was something that was still relatively new, where yeah. having the marketing machine of EA behind us would have been incredible. Oh. They're, like they're, it would have they're been really, really, really good at it. An enormous opportunity. Yeah. And, and I think that if anybody's in that position, they should, they should definitely think about it. And we did for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately we were, you know, we, you know, we, we felt that with the experience we had with live ops and growing mm-hmm. a live ops based game, uh, again, this is, this is 2015, 2016, you know, like there's no, there's no apex, you know, uh, there's no, yeah doesn't exist right the, the big yeah. publishers and companies that are not they're not used to that model mm-hmm. so the live live the time, services model yeah right so yeah. we're not looking to sell it for 60 bucks you know at christmas and so mm-hmm. yeah i mean we decided to go the investment round we were fortunate enough to have that opportunity um and then we took it cool awesome nicola thank you so much for your time today pleasure to have you on the show and everybody check out uh superbitmachine.com and check out armorjet okay thanks Glenn. See you later. Thank you, everybody. Cheers and good night. Here's the hard truth. The internet doesn't care about your game. After all the blood, sweat and tears you put into making your game, you launch and some players get terrible network performance. What can you do about it? Build your own internet? This is why we created Network Next. Network Next is a radically new way of linking networks together. It's a new internet. One where networks compete on a neutral marketplace to carry your game's traffic. Network Next puts you, the game developer, in control of the network. We monitor every player's network performance and you choose when to accelerate them. Not only will you see better network performance for your players, you'll also have the security of knowing that if one network is congested, we switch to another in seconds. Now you control the network.